Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Hot as here. Consequence Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence, the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. Ah, you know what to do. If you like what you see, what you hear, hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions. Uh, Really, anywhere you get your podcasts from, just subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, talking with my old buddy Greg Dooley. There's a brand new album from the Afghan Wigs called How Do You Burn that we're going to get into. Uh, We're going to discuss how the record found a brighter tone than their last couple of LPs, uh, having Blind Melon's Christopher Thorne on guitar, and the Saints and Sinners that populate the collection. Uh, Greg's also going to talk about, uh, once again, duetting with uh, Marcy Mays, first time in a very long time. If you're a hardcore Afghan Wigs uh, fan, you know why that's special. Uh, We're going to, of course, talk about his long-term friendship uh, with the late Mark Lanigan. And I'll ask about the plans for the songs that didn't make the album as well. So let's get into it. We're talking How Do You Burn? It's Kyle Meredith with Greg Dooley of the Afghan Wigs. Kyle, how's it going? How Do You Burn? The Afghan Wigs. Back with new music once again. It's been been a few years since the last record. Man, um, let me tell you first, I honestly mean this, this is one of the most orally satisfying records I think I've ever heard, and might be, might actually be the contender for what will become my favorite Afghan Wigs record. I, I, it's, some records, especially as you get older, you know, it takes a little while to absorb records, and man, I, I'm, I'm really meaning to give you the compliment here, this record instantly hit me in all the ways that you hope for. It's great. Congratulations. I'm glad. Thank you very much, Kyle. I appreciate that. So let's get the backstory. As as I guess it happened, um, you do your solo record, and of course, uh, pandemic shuts everything down, and so you guys get to work on this one. How long have you been sitting on the record now? Was it finished this year? Have you been sitting on it for a little while? I've been sitting on it since January. So if if we were uh, if 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 uh, if the supply chain was was uh, 
not blocked, we would have the record would have been out probably May. Uh, but uh, because they were waiting for the vinyl, and we had to wait in line, uh, they they pushed the uh, they pushed the release till September. Uh, but that's okay. I'm 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 fine with that. Gives you that uh, seems to be the um, the popular thing, the really long lead out right now. Anyway, because otherwise. It's sort of the thing. Like as soon as the record out, the record's out. It's that's it's sort of becomes the end of the you know the the start of the end of the campaign. Does it feel like this really has made it feel longer for you? Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, you know we we we've ju- we've done some shows. We're gonna do some more, and uh, um, then uh, and then and then we do the big the big fall tour. So uh, so it's actually kind of. You know, by the time we uh, by the time we put the record out, three songs will have been released. We're playing them all in the show already, uh, and then you get seven more in September. So that's cool. Yeah, and let me say uh, testament to that live show, seeing you guys here in Louisville, which was the first time in twenty five more or more years or what. Like the show yeah. was so damn good. I remember, like you know, talking to Scotty after the show, and I'm like, "Man, I I don't know why we haven't been back here. It's just, it's it's the it's the whim of the booking agent, mm-hmm. Kyle. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm blaming it on. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad it finally happened. I'm glad I was able to see you guys right here in town too. But but especially to to see these songs, the ones you are playing live, and getting into the record. I mean, the the one thing I first noticed about the record is the brightness is back. Uh, you know, and I only say that in comparison to the the last couple records, they felt like they had this really. And by the way, huge fan of those two, but this, you know, sometimes mysterious, darker, and sometimes gothic set to it. What what gave this one its mood shift? What do, do you attribute to that to anything? Like in my mind, it this closely resembles maybe like 1965 more than anything. It, yeah, it's a little. I mean, well, probably because what. We- what was going to be darker than what was happening. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, I think, I think even trying to compete with that was folly, you know? So, uh, um, I, I, that's, that's my best answer to that, to that question. But it's almost surprising because we go from one version of darkness into another one. I mean, you guys were recording this again when when there was just a whole lot of confusion, uneasiness in the world. I don't know what you were feeling, like like can you can you think back? You know, to the to I know it's just about a year and a half ago, but it's such a weird thing for all of us to think back then. Like, where was your mind? What what was your mood d- during the recording of this? During the writing of this? I mean, I had already been like, you know, had that. You know, the solo tour was already taken from me. I, I already was not able to go, you know, work on uh, to to perform a record that I'd work on, worked on for a year and a half. So I think I just kind of quickly rebounded and just started started cranking out cranking out the tunes. Luckily, I had Patrick and Christopher uh, uh, within driving distance of of me, and we were able to like you know, build the foundations of the songs and ship them back East to the other players. So that was, that was that, but I mean, I, I don't know if, if, if I discussed this with you or not, I have to, to, to several people, but like, I didn't, 
you know, I mean, while the uh, the uncertainty and, and certainly the, uh, uh, the 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 toll that was taking on the world population, you know, troubling. But like my personal like daily experience was, you know, I mean, I, I sort of I sort of spend a lot of time alone anyway. It wasn't really it wasn't really a big uh, um, change for me. Mm-hmm. So I think that I was able to I mean, you're not like I never sit down and go, wow, I'm going to write a, you know, a dark, gothic, spooky song, you know, but uh I think I just was, my flow was, my flow was pure, you know, Mm -hmm. like I just kind of was coming from uh, wherever I was is what you hear. And and obviously like there's, you know, there, there are moments of darkness in life, but this, I I do feel like this is a a brighter record as well. Especially you get to like, like a line of shots. Like, that's a bright sure, song right there. Yeah, thank you. That's the next single. Well, then, do you, do you find with them coming so close together? Do you find that there is a thread between this record and and the solo album? Like, like, can you sense? I don't know if I'm asking like lyrically or thematically. Like, are there any threads that you see between the two? Well, the threads I see between the two is that, like, you know, I, I've the last two records I've probably pushed the vocals. Uh, further to the front than I ever have. I was always kind of a fan of the uh, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, bury the vocals kind of thing, uh, fight fight with the, the track. But uh, uh, I, I became more comfortable pushing my vocals forward. I feel like the singing has been, you know, really good on the last two. So that, that in particular has happened. But uh, really just like it's it's the... It's the, con- I, the the thing I can probably say it's the continuation of the working relationship I have with Christopher Thorne, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, we have kind of a um, we just have sort of a a, 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 a a secret language now, and it just it goes really fast. It uh, it's fun. It's uh, I mean we're having a great time making the records, you know. So maybe that's also why. Uh, it's uh, it, it's it's coming out the way it is. Yeah, and and for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Chris Thorne, um, probably most famously of, of Blind Melon, when I when I saw his name as being associated with the Afghan Whigs, like I fucking love his playing, and had no clue what it was going to sound like with you. You know, as as we say many times, you know, you, you everybody is their own ingredient, and and when you get together, it's always a different stew depending on who's in it. Like, how far does your relationship go back, and and how did he become to be part of the uh, Afghan Whigs? I met Christopher in '96. Sean Smith introduced us in mm-hmm. Seattle. We all were living in Seattle at the time, and uh, um, I mean, I knew who he was. I had actually met Shannon three years previous, in uh, four years previous, uh, uh, in uh, in Los Angeles. So I knew. I knew Shannon first, and then I met Christopher and Brad, uh, and uh, and then Christopher and Brad moved to uh, L.A., opened a studio in North Hollywood, which I ended up using for the Twilight Singers' She Loves You record, 
And uh, kind of, you know, Christopher wasn't really around then either. He stopped in and say hi a couple times. But probably when he moved, he, he moved about a half a mile away from me in Silver Lake. And that's when I started going over all the time. So my first recordings with Christopher are probably on Due to the Beast, which we recorded in 13. Mm. And it came out in 14. So... Uh, we've been working together for about nine years now. Yeah, it's a uh, it's gelled really well. <laughs> yeah, thank that. you. Yeah, it, he's he's one of my favorite people. I, I mean, I've been lucky. I've recorded with some great people, and uh, uh, but I, I really have a great rapport with him, and and it's 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 incredibly rewarding to 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 to, to work with him. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Kyle Meredith with today talking with Greg Dooley of the Afghan Wigs. So on this record, uh, again, how do you burn? I, I think I think I'm, I'm I'm getting the quote right somewhere. You said you know you like your records to have saints and sinners. Um, right. Who are these people? Who are the people of How Do You Burn? Who who are the saints and who are the sinners? 
Well, it's a little more it's a little more complicated here because I like the you know my my writing has become increasingly abstract. But uh, I will tell you, I will tell you where I got the idea for uh, um, the song Jaija, where I was reading about this Japanese man who was uh, building a, 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 a mechanical real doll, and uh, um, I it was ju- I was just fascinated by that story and. Um, his uh he was describing her soul and that they were going to be soulmates and uh um so he spelled it differently uh um and uh, uh but i asked a friend of mine i was, I was like how is this pronounced and so i i present the song title and it's uh and it's uh, pronounceable uh uh english way but I mean, I don't know if he's a saint or a sinner, probably both. And uh, um, so maybe that is therein lies the uh, uh, the the thing. I I kind of feel like uh, um, my the, the people that I sing with on this record, like there's a bunch of people, obviously Mark and Ed, but but in the more, more pronounced ways, uh, Van Hunt on Jaija, mm-hmm. Van Hunt on Take Me There. Uh, big, big part of it. Uh, 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 my uh, reunion with Marcy Mays on Domino and Jimmy, uh, uh, you know, uh, first Wigs duet, I believe, ever. So uh, um, those were kind of my, I, I know I'm drifting away from your Saints and Sinners question, but I, I don't have a, I don't have an easy answer for it. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm you're you're getting to where i would have gone anyway so please continue i mean you 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 know it is the 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 guests are important on here and we we haven't mentioned all of them i mean uh, domino and jimmy you know at first i wasn't sure i was like who who is singing this you know that's it's such an interesting song and it was uh is marcy you brought out in, in in louisville right at headliners yeah so marcy is marcy was in a band called scrawl we met uh, when we were all starting out back in the old days and uh, um, Scrawl was from Columbus. We did a bunch of shows together. We toured together. And then uh, <clears throat> when we were making gentlemen, I had this song called my curse. Uh, I was having trouble wrapping my head around singing it myself. I kind of felt like it should be sung by a woman. And uh, uh, I thought of Marcy immediately played her the song she loved it she went in and, and crushed it and it almost kind of has like a mythic status amongst like people who like our group you know so whenever whenever marcy shows up at a show it's like a unicorn sighting you know what i mean so uh uh for during when the pandemic was sort of like you know at its height uh you know you there's a lot i'm sure you did this i think a lot of people did this you just started like reconnecting with people and seeing how people are doing. And Marcy and I were talking like on a weekly basis. And when I say talk, we were like talking for, you know, two and three hours at a time. So uh, um, uh, one at the end of one of our conversations, I mentioned, I said, we should do a a song again someday. And she said, absolutely. I would love that. And when I hung up the phone, I was like, 
dude, you got to do it now. Don't be the guy who says, let's do lunch and don't right. do lunch. Right. You know, so I, I wrote the song probably, I don't know, three days later. And, uh, and then, and, and sent her the words and, and she was like, what, what's your part? And I go, I haven't, I have to listen to yours. I have to listen to you sing to me first before I know what to say back to you. Wow. And, uh, and then I waited and I just listened to her, listened to her sing, even though I wrote all of the verses, I needed to hear her sing it to me, uh, for me to be able to reply. And that was, uh, that that was the reply, but but like from from tip to tail, one week from my from my suggesting we do it to the conclusion of the mix was one week. Wow, that's what an interesting way to write a song too. Just you know, projecting yourself into someone else and then having to hear that like that's that's a, that's I, I don't know anybody else that's ever said it like that. I guess. What a cool one. I didn't, you know, I until I just said it to you, I didn't even know I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're both getting something out of this. It's <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of vocal takes, uh, Please Baby Please might be one of my favorite vocal takes that, that you've ever done. And, and and what a rich history, by the way, of those words, that line, Please Baby Please, it, it, like a kingdom of music has been built upon that. Oh, yeah. And and trust me when I say I tried everything I could to come up with a different title for it <laughs> and so that I wouldn't be sitting here with you now doing this conversation. But in the end, like, you know, John Curley was the guy who's like, come on, what are you going to call it, man? You know, like Highlander. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Man, if it works, uh, it uh, works, and it works. And, yeah. and I, I mean that, too, because there is, there are so many songs that do that, that is just white noise and wallpaper. And to be able to yeah. pull off something, 2022, 60, 70, maybe 80, 90 years after these songs have been written like this, and to still make it something yeah. unique and special, like, no small feats. Well played. Yeah, thank you. I, it, you know... Kind of my kind of my personal favorite uh, on 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 the on the record, so uh, I, I I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the, the the positive feedback. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you mentioned Mark. We got to bring up Mark at least uh, a little bit here. Um, boy, I sure do miss uh, miss hearing him. Well, of course I can hear him anytime, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, but so I so know yeah. So as I read, it was him who who th- you ended up taking the title from. Uh, How do you burn? Yeah, he was. Uh, I mean, we we you know we talked a lot. He was you know one of one of my closest friends, one of the closest friends I'll ever have. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I uh, I years ago uh, um, was uh, I, I named one of his records just like offhandedly. I said something, he loved it. He's like, can I use that? And uh, I was like, of course. I didn't know what I said. And he, the same thing happened with, with him. We were talking and he, and he said those words. And I was like, what? And he goes, what? And I go, what did you <laughs> say? And he goes, I don't know. And I go, did you say, how do you burn? And he goes, I guess so. 
And I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, you know, you know, how do you burn? Like what, what, what makes you burn? What turns you on? You know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and I was like, all right, I'm taking that. <laughs> and he was like, go right ahead. So yeah. there you go. And, and as I took it, the answer is the final track in flames. Like, how do you burn in flames? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. In flames, the, uh, uh, the, uh, um, the shattering conclusion, yeah. um, uh, a cool, like, uh, you know, again, also like it, that in flames is Patrick's favorite song on the record. So, um, uh, we're, we got to, we'll, we'll, we'll be working that one up at some point into the show. Uh, but, uh, um, it's uh yeah it kind of gave it like you know it was the last song that i wrote and uh it gave it its kind of you know i don't want to use the word closure but it gave it its 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 fitting denouement mm. so uh that's my uh that's what i'm gonna go with <laughs> you and mark are are there stuff is there more out there that you all did together are, are there unreleased gutter twins no no, no. We used trust me. We <laughs> we used everything, like you know. Um, but the last the last thing that we did uh, uh, outside of these songs uh, um, were was the we did uh, um, when we did "Girl from the North Country." That was a B side on my on on one of my. It was like a record store day record mm-hmm. and uh he sang the Johnny Cash part and I sang the, the Dylan part. That's a fun one, I guess. If you gotta go out on one, that's uh that's not a bad yeah. one right there. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't if you don't have it, I'll send it to you. Please, please do. It's hard to find that R S D stuff after the after the facts. Unless you wanna yeah, shell I out I, I, I don't think it's on I don't know if it's on streaming service, so I'll have to I'll have to I'll, I'll take a look, but I'll I'll send you what I have. Yeah, please do. Um, what about the you know it's sort of the same question. What about the songs though that weren't used on this? I mean, uh, what about? I was trying to do the math. Fourteen songs that aren't on the record. There's yeah, there's there's about that. Like there, I mean, and by the way, like they're not fourteen like finished songs. Sure, right. I don't. What what happens is once I once once I get you know smell blood. I go in, I go all in on one and I, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave a song just kind of like, you know, on the side of the highway. And uh, maybe I'll go back later and strip it for parts. Maybe I'll <laughs> go back and tow it in and put it, you know, put it back on the road. It, it, it depends, but I'll say this, there's, there's four that I, that we didn't use that are, that are great and will come out. Uh, uh, they just didn't fit this record and I've, I've become very, a big fan of the 10 song record. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it, it had to be these 10, yeah. it, they, they were, that's how it was going to go. I've become, I've become such a big re champion. Um, something I've always loved is, is the B side. I miss the B side. I miss singles because of the B side, because usually, as you're saying, they were sort of the songs that weren't seen all the way through a lot of the times, you know, they weren't completely, finished but they were recorded and I, it, there's something special about that to me too you know i miss that that well, stuff i mean you think about you think about like back in the 70s and 60s where like they would i mean think about like like for instance like black water by the mm-hmm. doobie brothers mm-hmm. that that was the b-side right 
and and it became their I want to say their only number their, or maybe their first number one probably uh, what a fool believes was probably a second one but anyway that one countless Beatles songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean a lot of those Beatles albums were like you know Beatles songs were were like double A side but to me the champion of the B side was Prince. Oh, he yeah. his his B sides were his B sides were you know anybody else's A sides you know so um, that's he, he he was the king of the B side of I think. Well, if you ever want to, you can compete in that uh, arena right there, and I'll 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 chill out for that stuff. That's true. I'll I will hunt them down. You you all right? Cool. Whatever you got left over. Just throw them on the B sides. <laughs> right on. Well, I'll be I'll be I'll be sending you this uh, this this uh, fill and track. I love it, and and I haven't been able to listen to it uh, in in a while. So I, 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 it's it's very emotional, and uh, he sings. He just he sings it so beautifully that uh, I, I just I'm not exactly ready for it. But I'll find it and just text it to you, so I don't have to listen to it. Seriously, how do you burn? It's so damn good. I could have went through every song and talked about it uh, in such specific ways. I love this album, man. I, you know, I'm such a big fan of what you do. So, uh, so thanks for continuing to do what you do. Thank you, Kyle, and great to talk to you. I hope I see you sooner than I than I did last time. <laughs> we'll make it happen, man. I know we will. All right, man. That was just back in uh, 2018, the last time Greg and I spoke. You know, and and in this new interview, I referenced how much uh, this new album, How Do You Burn, kind of reminds me of their album uh, called 1965 that came out in 1998. Uh, Just coincidentally, that was the last time Greg and I talked. We got to talk about that album, 1965. So I'm going to include that interview here as well. We got into the uh, the darkness that bookended the record and how a, a voodoo curse may have set the band in motion for destruction. So here's part two, Kyle Meredith with the Afghan Wigs. Hi, Kyle. So you doing all right? Really good. A little sad to be living in a world without Aretha Franklin, but I'll uh, happy she's not in pain anymore. Yeah, I thought that actually might be a nice place to start. I figured you'd have some uh, some nice things to say about Aretha, um, the big soul fan that you are. and. Uh, well, my mom used to listen to Aretha when I was a kid. So she was a voice that I've known since I was, before I could talk. And uh, just, you know, amazingly comforting. And, and, you know, I used to like, you know, I'd watch her on interview shows and stuff. And, and she just seemed like someone that I would like, like just a beautiful person, you know, kind of from my, just up the road, just up by 75. You know, Detroit people and Cincinnati people, yeah, we mostly get along, except, <laughs> you know, around baseball time. Yeah. But, you know, she has that moniker for a reason as the queen. Absolutely. And, you know, had worked with great songwriters, worked with great producers. And, uh, I mean, really, dude, that voice, like her ability to inhabit a song, you know, like taking songs from the people who wrote them even, you know, like with uh, respect off the top of my head. Carol King. Carol King, Burt Backrack. Uh, I mean, as much as much as I love Dion's version of Say a Little Prayer, uh, Aretha owns it, you know. Like just full on. Like it was. It was strange when I saw when I saw that she passed. It was the first song I thought of when I saw that she had passed away. I, I, say a little prayer is is just a kind of a perfect song and a really a, a, a song from deep in my childhood. Uh, you know, both hers and the Dion Warwick version. Yeah. But uh, massive loss. But uh, but what a mark she left. Yeah, I, I was I was happy that um, 
I, I guess we got a little warning going into it, and and not for us, but but for her, because a lot of times, you know, with, with Petty, you know, that that was so sudden, and and then all the tributes, you know, had to happen afterward, obviously. But but knowing that her friends were calling her and that she was able to talk to them and in, uh, in whatever way. Uh, I, I imagine that it was also getting to her that all these tributes were already in motion, you know, and, uh, and the outpouring was kind of happening. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, probably not many as beloved as Aretha Franklin, you know, right. like, uh, uh, around around the world, old and young. Like, I mean, she's she did nothing but good things. So that's quite a legacy to leave behind. We'll use that as a, a, a bit of a, a seg into the uh, the main topic here. And that's, I wanted to call you about, uh, you know, one of the Afghan Whig records, uh, 1965, hitting its uh, 20th anniversary uh, this year. And I think it's maybe in October, if I remember right. You know what? I'll bet you that is right. We yeah. recorded the record during the winter. So, yeah, it usually takes, I think we finished it in, I want to say we, we were still messing with it in May. So May, June, July, August. So yeah, five months. Yeah, that's we did. We worked on it because we wrote it in New Orleans. Everyone, I, I was already living in New Orleans, and the rest of the band rented a house, and we worked on it like it. We built it really from the ground up in in New Orleans. It's it's probably good to to kind of start with you know the the stuff beforehand because people have said this is when you finally landed on that soul sound that maybe you'd been searching for for a while. I've always thought also thought of it as as one of your your poppiest records. There there are songs on here that's that's very very uh, accessible in a pop sort of way. But but when I look at the backstory of the times leading up to this, that's almost surprising that this record sounds in anything like that because from what I gather it, it wasn't a good time in, in your life going into this record. You know what right before it was not but I was actually treated for depression before I I went back down to New Orleans. So I was actually in a in a in a very good place at the time. But I began to acquire vices that would cause me trouble years down the line. A turning point in a lot of ways. You know, it was, it was out of the darkness into the light. But it was uh, it wasn't much longer till I was back in the darkness. But at the moment, it was really like kind of. I mean, we were kind of living like the rolling stones down there like you know like i mean that it, it was we were having a great time so probably the most fun i've ever had making a record yeah. uh just in terms of like rock and roll debauchery and uh and being in a place where you could comfortably do it you know so uh it's definitely you know i mean it it, it has there, there there is a darkness in uh in, in pretty much all my stuff but this has the 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 brightest lights in it too i think like some you know some like a song like something hot or 66 or city soleil or just off the top of my head crazy mm-hmm. you know like they're they're, they're, they're really pretty melancholy free you know what i mean like they're joyful even at times you know what i mean was, so uh was that like a reaction uh, against all of that because I, I besides the depression i mean i well, you left a record label you you lost a drummer around this time I, I read that you had to do a lot of this record maybe from your own pocket you know to pay for it so were these bright sounds just sort of a a big reaction against whatever had happened previously i, I think probably i mean we were free you know, we we had uh, I did pay for the record, by the way, but I had 
I had no doubt that what we were about to do was going to, you know, pay me back. So that, I, that, that there wasn't really any kind of, oh, no, I'm, you know, I'm driving my car off the cliff. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, once we got it started and started having a good time, I mean, it, it was, I, I think, you know, the initial intention was to kind of make a party record and freak everybody out. <laughs> you know, the original title of the record was Stand Up to Get Down. And honestly, probably a better title. But uh, <laughs> um, we... <laughs> We 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 ended up uh, settling on 1965, and I can't tell you how many people come up and tell me they love 1969. <laughs> and, and I'm like I'm like I love it too, but that's by another man. Missed it by four years. <laughs> you know, yeah. But thank you. So really, yeah, I mean, but again, a great time. I had I had I had been down there uh, for. Uh, like six months previously working on the first Twilight Singers record, which didn't come out till much after that one. So I knew the town pretty well. That's when I met Henry Butler. That's when I met Kermit Ruffins. That's when I met Roderick Paulin, who ended up doing all the horn stuff on, on all the records, like kind of writing the horn part. Steve Myers was around all the time. Susan Marshall came down with her husband, Jeff, who engineered the record later on, and she became a big part of the record, too. So it was all very kind of family style, you know. But again, a really good time. There was there was darkness on both sides of the record, but during the making of the record, it was pretty bright, I have to say. The uh, the sexual confidence is different, too, because you know, that's always sort of been a part of your lyrics in, in some way or the other. It sounds like it's different on this one, and maybe because it's what you're talking about, the mood of down there, because... There's, I, I think there's more bravado in the come on lines that's happening throughout the uh, the record. Well, it's I mean, it's the great thing about songwriting is you can create a new person and you can be that person for three or four minutes. So, sure, I was enjoying being several of those people. <laughs> <laughs> and what a place to do it in. Sure. Yeah. We brought up 66, and, and I think that one really centers on, because when, when you listen to that guitar part, and I'm not the only one who said this, like, at that moment in time, you're like, that could have been a Backstreet Boys song, just with it, if it had a different vocalist melody and all that stuff on it, but, like, that seems like, when I listen to that song, and I love that song, by the way, I love that song, but there's, there's something about it going, man, if you were ever shooting for the top of the pop charts, you know, that, that was the one. There, there you go. And it was really strange, like, I, that the that the record label didn't kind of get that. You know what I mean? I kind of swung for the fences uh, on those songs, probably for the last time. I think I kind of retreated back into my darkened room after that. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought there were a couple of hits on that record. I honestly did. And uh, um, and I thought 66 was one of them. 66, crazy, uptown again, something hot. John the Baptist were all like big up tempo, all of side one, really. You right, know what I mean? Right. Isole, like, uh, I mean, it, it just, it, it's, it's very infectious and, 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 and super fun to play. So uh, uh, on any given day, it could be my favorite record that, I, that I've ever done. Yeah. And John the Baptist, by the way, that might as well be your sympathy for the devil or, or gimme shelter because it's otherworldly the way it sounds. You know, it, it doesn't sound like humans created that song, or at least the way I hear it. <laughs> wow, well, thank you. I, lo- I love John the Baptist and the uh, having that horn section and having Susan sing on it with me. I mean, when you have, when you have that much power behind you, there's nothing you can't do. 
And I think that uh, like we mixed the record with um, George Draculius and David Bianco, who just passed away a, a few months ago. And they, I, I, they really, really understood the dynamics of that song and, and did an excellent job mixing it. I never knew this until just like the research of this record, but uh, Alex Chilton, is he somewhere on this record? Alex Chilton sings the vocal harmony on Crazy. Wow, I did not know that. Oh yeah, like big time. Like play, play it and you'll hear him. He's it's plain as day. It's it's you know it's it's Alex Chilton. It's, it's he's the only guy who can sound like that. You know he made me sound good, like I said. And he was uh, yeah. I, I hung out with Alex uh, quite a bit when I lived down there. Yeah, and this was sort of before the whole when the world finally started catching on in in in, in real. I, I think because of the '90s, it was still sort of a what I call a handshake band, you know, the secret handshake, like, oh, you know, you know, Chilton, you know, Big Star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I remember, like, I, I, I had, the letter was one of my favorite 45s mm-hmm. uh, when I was a boy. And uh, when I remember when I started hearing about Big Star and that he was that dude and, and that he, and that he was like 16 when he sang the letter is very Steve Winwood, you know, like right. very child prodigy, like a like a, a dude who sounded like a kid who sounded like a man, so a uh, kid who sounded like a black man, right. a white kid who's like a black man, you know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, man, I uh, Alex sings on on Crazy and uh, and and Joe, uh, Jody Stevens, Big Stars drummer, sings on uh, on Now You Know on Gentlemen. So. Uh, I sang. I, I sang with half of Big Star. Yeah, you just called him up and asked him. Is that you? You sort of had that in mind, or what? I had it in mind, and Jeff Powell, the engineer, knew Alex from Memphis. Jeff Powell lives in Memphis, and he he knew Alex and called him. And uh, Alex came over to the studio and and listened to it. And I'm gonna be shocked if it wasn't one take or two takes. He just he did it. He he did it immediately. He knew exactly what to do, and uh, um, it, it, it was phenomenal. Yeah, what a moment. What a moment that must yep. have been. Not a question here, but I'll also throw in, uh, it makes me giggle every time I hear you kind of whisper that who's hot, who's not part. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thank you. That's a great little uh, I moment. Loved, I, lo- I loved that song, man. I, I loved the... Uh, I loved the the Mace, Puff Daddy, Biggie, Diana Ross jam. So uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems, I believe is the name of the right. of the song. Loved that, and, and always, you know, always love ad libs. I, I used I used a bunch of Outkast ad libs on uh, Powder Burns, the Twilight Singers record. Oh. So whenever I go listen to Forty Dollars, it's like you know I'm I'm practically dry humping. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you do, do you do those moments live too? Do you like like do you drop that puffy in still? Um, I have. Don't we don't play, I don't play crazy a lot, but uh, and sometimes I would and sometimes I wouldn't. But you know, anticipating the reaction, I, I, I'll do it. I know how people dig stuff, and I'm like, and I dig it too. So I would absolutely do it again. Yes. So the, you, you're talking about the darkness on the other side of the record. I mean, this was the final one for a while. It was after this you you all sort of broke up. This. The, did you see that the end was on the way at all? I, I actually did not. But when I got, I had a, a um, there was an incident down in Austin, Texas, where I got creamed in the head after a show by these guys. And that was sort of the, the end. The, the one, one thing, I'll, I'll give you a story about 1965 that probably no one knows. And Steve Myers, who sings on the record, my 
dear beloved friend sings with a group called Mighty Fine in Brooklyn right now, but we, we've been we've been pals since Black Love. He and I were walking down, I think, like Dauphine Street in the French Quarter, and this Haitian woman was walking down the street, and like, you know, we just, you know, I think I'm sure we probably started to say hello to her. And she shook a gri-gri bag at us and said something in French and walked away. And we were like, whoa, that didn't seem friendly. You know what I mean? It seemed really strange. And, and long story short, I got conked in the head. And five months later, Steve got shot six times in, uh, up in uptown in, in New Orleans. So, I don't know, but I, I've always felt like whatever was in that gree gree bag, we had to uh, had a price on it, and both of us had to pay it. So, man, that's there you go. That's a rough little yeah. That's that's a rough moment. Uh, yeah, I mean it was. I mean, but I, I'm I'm just saying it because I, I was thinking about when I knew I was going to talk to you. I'm like, I'm going to tell Kyle about the gree gree bag. <laughs> you know, uh, it's uh, um, yeah. They have have rarely told anyone that that fact but uh but that's a fact and and i'm i'm pretty sure that there was that those were the those were the respective consequences right all right that's yeah that's amazing it's interesting you know what and and again this is maybe sort of an awkward pivot and i want to move closer to the present for just a moment too because you know as we're talking about the darker sides and, and death uh rosser who passed away uh i guess a year ago now how how did, how has that affected whatever you're doing moving forward? Like, have you all started on whatever the next phase is? And and with that in mind, oh, of course, we're a very show must go on gang, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 I don't think that Dave would think we would we would stop. You know, like if you've ever lost someone close to you, it's you know it's always profound and kind of hard to put into words. But I find that the best way to uh, remember and keep someone's energy around you is to to keep them in your heart at all times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I'll, I'll just, I, I have random thoughts about Dave Rosser every day. Every day, I'll just think of something funny that he did, or some way he smiled, or or whatever. But like, you know, I've I've had three or four already today. You know, he was he was absolutely one of the closest friends that anyone could ever have. And, uh, you know, to me, he was, you know, you know, he was like, uh, like a soulmate to me, you know, like when I met that dude, I was like, wow, you are, I've known you for thousands of years, <laughs> you know what I mean? So in that regard, you know, uh, uh, you know, not unlike sure the, the people, you know, up with Aretha when passed on, it's, you know, it's your family and your, and the people that you've influenced whether that be you know in your community or on in in her case in the universe you know it's the you know whatever you the energy you leave behind i i think i think stays forever yeah my friend charles just the other day he had lost some family members and we were sort of talking about a similar thing right there and he said the most beautiful line he said um he goes you know you don't really ever die until the very last person who remembers you has also died because because of that, your energy, your memory is still around. It's still being used, you know, it's in some way. Well, sure. But there's also, I mean, don't, you know, like, it, I don't think that ever really dies either. Because think about, like, 
a story that someone told you about someone that you never knew, but you know their name or you know that you were the friend of the friend. I, I, I think that also keeps people alive, you know, like uh, and I do. I mean, I just had profound recognition of people that in my life that 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 it makes it seem like I, you know, I encountered them on another plane somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've thought that since I was a kid, like, you know, whatever deja vu is, whatever, you know, whatever these things are, it's, it's their coincidences or, or their remembrances of, of something that you either already did or haven't done, right. you know, but you know, I mean, we, we could, uh, we could take a deep dive into a metaphysical ocean right now if we don't watch out. Yeah. Right. That's entirely true. Um, I, I'll go ahead and then ask you about uh, if you, if you kind of know what's next, you know, as far as the next step. I know there's there's been some there's been a couple one off singles since the last record, hasn't there? No, there was. We just did. Uh, we did. Um, you want love? Oh, that was uh, it. The, yeah. the, the the pleasure club song. Uh, we did that. That uh, that was sort of like. You know, Dave Rosser and I had talked about doing that forever, and we knew James, who wrote the song, and James actually sings on the song. So uh, that was special, and I, I know it was special for James because James loved Dave, and, and we all, it was just a way to kind of honor our friend. And uh, the Afghan Wigs as a collective, we, I'll tell you how we've made the last couple records. Like, we get together in New Orleans two or three times a year, sometimes four. And for like a week or 10 days and we work stuff up and we put it in the bank and, and then everybody else is working on other stuff. I'm working on, I don't know if you know, uh, Mark McGuire. Uh, he, uh, was the guitarist in a group called Emeralds and has made several amazing solo records. He's in, he's downstairs in my studio right now and we're working on some, uh, some stuff of our own. So, uh, I think everybody's kind of, I think we're going to take a little break. The wigs, like, we're, I know we're getting together in December for our, you know, quad annual meetup. But uh, I think we're all, I think, I think, I know a couple of us are going to do, do our own thing for a little while. But, uh, but you know, I mean, full, uh, let me just say without any, you know, so to remove any ambiguity, the Afghan wigs are an ongoing concern and, and, and shall be until we tell anyone otherwise I, we're just we've gone pretty hard the past you know since since we got back together you know we've done three tours in uh, uh six years and uh three world tours in six years and made two records i think i think we uh i think we all deserve a little not do that <laughs> for a minute you know i've uh, <laughs> i've honestly enjoyed those records too they you know I want to say they, they sometimes sound like gothic period of the band more so than you've ever done. And maybe that's the iconography that goes along with the artwork that kind of paints the picture of the sound that I hear. But I've loved the mood of these records so much. And they're some of my favorite songs that you all have done. Thank you. You know what? And, and us too, by the way, like, and, and I, and I have to say that we're lucky enough to play for a group of people who come to watch us play and they let us do what we want. We'll always throw, you know, we'll always throw other stuff, but we're, you know, like just, just being some kind of like, you know, jukebox band, just never wanted to be that. And you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the, on, the only way I was ever going to, you know, sing for the Afghan Wigs again was if we had new material always and always cranking new material. So the next time the Afghan Wigs play, because we just played last weekend and uh, that'll be it. 
that'll that'll be it for a while. I don't think anybody's keen to go on tour for a minute, a hot minute. Yeah. But when it happens again, I don't know in what in what form uh, I, I I will appear in. But I've always got something cooking, Kyle. I'll tell you that much. Well, I saw a picture of you in Lanigan, which I know is you know that happens from time to time, and. I think there are fans out there who would love another Gutter Twins record somewhere down the road. <laughs> I think there'll be a Gutter Twins record somewhere down the line, but make no mistake, Mark Lanigan is the hardest working man in show business. Yeah, I and that. that guy that guy has a solo record already in the can. He just the amazing Duke Garwood. And I know he's gonna be he's doing a record with his wife too, which I've heard some of that and it's fantastic. So no one has a, a heavier dance card than Mark Lanigan. <laughs> and uh, you saw a picture of me because, as I always do, I come up on a song or two on Mark's every time he puts them. And, uh, and it's, always, it's always a thrill because I love his songs. And I love to sing with that guy, man. We sing really well together. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's fun, to, uh, fun to sing with him. Well, I always look forward to anything you put out, and I'll continue doing so. Uh, I, I'll actually only wrap it up by saying... Um, I realized that the most recent people I talked to and who I'm about to talk to in the next interview, you all, you have connections, I think, with every single one of them. Because uh, today I just posted an interview with Wayne Kramer, which I believe you'd been. I, I, I love Wayne. Yeah. And if I'm not, if I'm not in his book, um... <laughs> And then, uh, is it uh, Mark Arm? I just talked to him earlier from Mudhoney, which, you yeah, know, that, that's... that's Mark Arm. Yeah, the sub-pop connection there. And then tomorrow I talk with, uh, with Ani, Ani DeFranco, so... Please give Ani my best. I will. And, and I'll tell you what, I was actually, somebody was, was uh, somebody brought that up to me uh, that didn't know it. And they were like, hey, did you sing with Ani DeFranco? And I'm like, I've sung with Ani DeFranco a lot. <laughs> but uh, she sings on, I think, three songs on Powder Burns and one song on Dynamite Steps, or maybe two. So please give her my best. She is one of my favorite people. I will absolutely do that. Absolutely. Okay. Greg, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for the conversation here. I, I loved having it and for the music. And, uh, and we'll see you around at some point. Always, always a pleasure, Kyle. Have a great day. Viva Aretha. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lil Tullest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. So let's uh, let's keep this uh, this Greg Dooley love fest continuing. Uh, this one I, I think heads back to 2014, 2015. It's when it's when the Afghan Whigs released their uh, their album Due to the Beast in 2014. So Greg and I uh, once again got to talk this time about that that album's uh, gothic imagery, recording live, uh, and a lot more. So here's a uh, part three, Kyle Meredith with the Afghan Whigs. What's up, Kyle? I've been so excited to hear all of this uh, new music finally. Uh, the songs that are out there sounds amazing so far. You guys have done it again, man. Well, thanks, man. I guess, you know, we start with the last record. With the comeback record out of the way, it, did it feel more like business this time around? Was there a different sense going into this record than the last time? Sure. Basically, like, back to work. But, but this one was done a little more cohesively, and with most of this record was cut live with everyone in the, in the room together. 
uh, at least the basic tracks of eight of the ten songs were done that way. So in that regard, much different than the last record, which was like iterations of, of members of the group. You know, this was the entire six six-man group, all hands on deck. And I know everyone's sort of concentrated on the darkness of these songs and everything, but i got to say, I've had a lot of fun listening to it. Like, they may be dark songs, but they're fun dark songs. <laughs> I, I don't think they're, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're, like, mopey. They, they have a, a, a degree of mischief involved with them as well. They're, you know, there's, they're, songs don't all have to be, you know, people are, are, are multidimensional. I, I think the songs are, too. They can have, can be fun and sexy and complicated and scary all at once, you know? Kind of like a, you know... Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it on the air. So. Uh, <laughs> There's the mystery in itself. Dot, 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 dot. Well, I, I, you know, I think a lot of that does, though, does come from the imagery uh, of this. You know, I was kind of laughing when Demon in Profile comes out, came out because you'd gone from a beast to a demon. And, you know, the definitely, and of course, the artwork in itself. I mean, there's a lot of imagery that's just projected in there that sort of does set the tone whether you mean to set it in that way or not, I guess it's the way it's perceived. So when everyone starts concentrating on that, uh, I, I'm guilty of it too. You know, that was the first thing I saw was this portrait of a gothic America, I guess. Right, sure. Or is it a tribute to Dio? <laughs> I would love it if you said 100% that this record is a tribute to Dio. <laughs> I, I will tell you this. Big fan of Ronnie James Dio. Met him once. Could not have been a nicer person. That's good. That, uh, you know, yep. I mean, you you want people to live up sort of to the idea, but yeah, it's nice to hear that the you know they're all human too. All you all you musicians um, are human. Man, I saw I saw Ronnie James Dio singing Rainbow, so I go I go back that far. <laughs> you got me on that one. I'm a little bit behind you. You know, I'll ask this question because it seems to be part of every interview that I'm in right now. But is some of this imagery have anything to do with what's been going on? Uh, with everything happening out there. The artistic imagery? Sure. Or, or even, yeah, just the metaphorical imagery in in your lyrics. You know, dark music for dark well, times, that whole cliche. Sure. Well, um, I've lived through other dark times, you know. <laughs> like, it, when, when, when things politically don't go your way, uh, you know, I mean, it's not the only time it, 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 it has happened in my life. Mm-hmm. I think this particular gentleman is, uh, you know, a rarer case and, and obviously has really cranked up people in a way they haven't been cranked up in a long time. And and, and honestly, in, in that regard, if it took something like this to make people take attention to what's going on around them, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe he did everybody a favor. Well, I guess, though, that's the question, though. Did, it, did you find that it affected your writing at all? Well, I mean, I, you know what affected me was the, the the just the never-endingness of it. That campaign was always like it was just like it was like herpes all day long. You know what I mean? Like it just <laughs> it would just kept it just kept coming back. Like I mean, I, I was exhausted by it. You know, like and the 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 negativity, the daily negativity of it, like it was suffocating to me, honestly. I really didn't like anybody involved in it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. just and just wanted it to go away and then once once it began to come into focus I, I was like, Oh dear. But that's the way life works. 
you know. Well, on the more personal side for you guys, did Dave's health affect this album? We were pretty much done with mm-hmm. the record when we found out that Dave was sick. And uh, um, the only thing I had left to do was to write the lyrics for uh, I Got Lost and uh, sing them. And that, that's, the only, that's the only performance that came after the, the diagnosis. So. Okay. You know, I mean, we were all unaware, Dave included, during the making of the of, of the record. Well, back on the you know the, the the song side of things, and again, you've got two singles out as we're recording this, uh, "Demon and Profile," which is a, I'm going to go ahead and say, a monster of a song, uh, so good. But then "Arabian Heights" comes out, and that groove, I mean, that's got to be one of the best grooves you guys have ever laid down to tape. Yeah. I love that groove, and I've, I've said this many times, but like we're riding on the thoroughbred that is Patrick Keeler, <laughs> and that is his drum. Like we, it's it, it's follow the drummer. You know, he uh, he 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 changes it up three or four times during that song, mm-hmm. but never ever lets it go. You know, and uh, a rock band is as good as a drummer, and we have uh, we have a great one. Was that was that also live with everybody in there? Yes, absolutely. The only songs that were not recorded live are Birdland and The Spell. The other eight songs are, are all recorded live. I mean, it, it really has lent something to this record because, like I said, I, I mean, I love the last record, and I think I gushed to you enough about that one as well. But this one feels like something entirely different. And, you know, if you want to call this version two of the Afghan wigs, you know, or whatever, it's, it's such a different trajectory than your first time around, which... I'm sure is something an artist needs to hear uh, as as well as go after. That's what you aspire to do as an artist, you know, is keep pushing yourself. Like if, if we were to come back and just done, you know, anything that we've done before, it's sort of like, who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we wouldn't. I mean, <laughs> I enjoyed doing the reunion tour, but we did like 60-something shows. I mean, I was singing songs that were at my life ago, so... You have to have something in front of you that you know appeals to the person you are now. So I think we've done a, an excellent job of representing ourselves as who we are now. I do love it, man. It was a pleasure talking, as always. I hope we do get to see you in Louisville sooner than later, um, whether in a show or just stopping you know by. What? I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to make it a point to play in, in Louisville, Kyle. I hope so. so. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right take man. care, sir. Bye. All right, and we'll round it out one more interview all the way back to, uh, to 2012 for this one. In fact, uh, this is when the Afghan Whigs had just reunited after uh, 13 years uh, away from each other. So, uh, so myself with my, my friend Sean Cannon, we got to sit with, uh, with Greg uh, backstage at Lollapalooza that year. So here's part four, Kyle Meredith with the Afghan Whigs. This dude here, his name is Greg Dooley, and we can once again say Greg Dooley of the Afghan Wigs. Yes, you always could. Could we? <laughs> yeah, man. You know. I thought that was illegal. Yeah. Well, you, some artists don't. You know, you don't you want to say you could say Greg Dooley from the Black Republicans. Uh-huh. My band before that, or uh, Greg Dooley from Helen Highwater, my high school band. <laughs> Spelled Helen, H-E-L-E-N. This is Greg Dooley from Helen Highwater. Cincinnati, Ohio. Hamilton, Ohio. <laughs> Hamilton, Ohio. I'm get it, sorry. Get it and straight. And, There's and, a difference. And, and we were named by uh, um, uh, Alan Collins from Leonard Skinner, personally. Is that right? <laughs> and our guitar player later joined Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Mike Castles. True story. News. That, that's it right there. It, it is nice, though, to have you as once again Greg Dooley of the Afghan Wigs. I mean, what, uh, 13 years? 13. 13? Yep. 
read the story about how it kind of all came back together. How, but you know, there were there were years there when you were like, I'm never going to do it again. I don't need to do it. Got the Twilight Singers. Got got a twin. Right. Don't need to do it anymore. Right. But then it all came around. You did. The thing about it is, you you did it while everyone else was reuniting. So I think there was a bit of a misconception, like. Some people do do it for the money, but I guess we we got together with all those other bands and said, "You guys do it and kind of camouflage us while we do it." So you're undercover. As soon as the Stone Roses tipped, yeah, right. That was that's it. when it, that, that was the signal for us. See, it was a bunch of signals yeah. at the drive-in. Uh-huh. Stone Roses. And then it was okay because everybody was like, "Meow, meow, 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 meow." When is that tour happening? What's up? At the drive-in, Stone Roses, Rose. and Afghan Wigs. I think that's booked already, isn't it? <laughs> well, minus the roses. I, 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 hope nah. we, I hope we go on first. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, you'd be the headliners. You hold yourself well. Uh, you guys still sound good. What, what, what does it take to get to do a, a reunion? Like, now you've lived it. Now you've done it. Now you're one of, one of those bands. <laughs> but you know, what does it take to, to finally say, I mean, do you, is there a hatchet to bury? Or is there, there just was, a sense there, of... There was no hatchet to bury. It's just like, you know... Deal with the crazy one. <laughs> That's you, right? No. <laughs> and, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, ma- make sure that the parent isn't gone too long from uh-huh. the kids. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know. I mean, I've got people from my past that I don't want to be around, no matter how much you pay me. But. Right. Well, here's the thing about whenever, whenever people say uh, uh, that you're doing it for the money, I always got paid for doing a gig <laughs> since I was sure. in high school. Sure. Right. I did it for the money then, yeah. too. It was like $5. So that's, that, that's my point. Like, money, whatever. I mean, I, I, what, like I wasn't making money right. for 13 years. And I was like, oh, I need to do that. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I did, I did it because it's mine and I want to. And, you know, I, I wrote six albums worth of songs that I'd like to sing again. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's pretty simple. Well, I think that... Here's the thing. We're talking about this music stuff. That's cool and all. What I want to know is, have you been following the Reds this year? I'll tell you what, man. Todd Frazier got to be considered for Rookie of the Year. Bryce Harper? No. Todd Frazier, he is the guy. A A more complete... A more complete player at this particular stage. Bryce Harper, very good. Todd Frazier, yeah. my personal pick for rookies. You know, he was in the AAA system or in Louisville, which is where we're from, so I got I got to see him a few times. Scotty and I, Scotty uh, Halter from Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. uh, um, and I, we, we actually, we met when Scotty was tour managing Fancy Pants, which was with uh, Peter Searcy. Which yeah. was Peter Searcy and Ben Daughtry, yeah. former Squirrel Band members. And uh, they left town, and Scotty needed a place to crash, so he crashed at my house. But we figured out that we'd known each other 25 years because we found out when Ron Oster got injured in 1987. <laughs> and we've known each other 25 years as of July 13th. Nice. I like that you, This see, this is the amazing thing because music and sports doesn't always mix. But what you're telling me is that you measure the milestones in your life based on what is happening to the Reds. Yes. I the Reds are, are the Reds are like one of my favorite things in the world. They're like there's like Marvin Gaye, Pizza, the Reds. 
So it's chicks. <laughs> pizza though is two. Chicks. So you're not really a Reds fan. I thought you were, but pizza's two. No. I mean, come on. Yeah. Nah, it's okay. You're good. Pizza's good too. That's three for me. I just flipped. I think I'm gonna appeal to you though. You brought up fancy pants at Probate. You might be the only person in the world that can get a reunion out of that. I tried. Yeah. Did you? Did you? I tried real hard. Yeah. yeah. How'd that go over? Well, I, I think they didn't say no right away, but we uh, shot it down. I think. Uh, Thanks again to Greg Dooley. The new album is called How Do You Burn? Big thanks to Greg. Big thanks to you for checking out the episode. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, you get uh, three brand new interviews every single week. That's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcast, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, or YouTube for the video versions anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. That's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. 
Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. We all got COVID at the very end of that tour. <clears throat> it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media.